I think if you Google Leesville, Louisiana, like things to do, the first thing that pops up is meet girls at the Walmart. So. <laughs> I'm Mike. And I'm Steve. And we don't know what we're doing. Each week, we pick a topic we don't know much about and then spend way too much time learning about it. And then we pass all this knowledge to y'all. And this time, we're talking about we don't know vets are veterans. Yeah, or uh, and Veterans Day, because that's coming right around the corner this mm-hmm. weekend. Yep. And this isn't really a typical um, holiday that we you know celebrate, quote unquote, in the U.S. It's I think a lot of people don't even really think about this one too much, but uh, maybe we should. So let's get things started. Uh, I know you looked up the history of this a little bit because I don't think either of us really knew the history of where this came from. Yeah, definitely. And for you especially because you you yourself are a vet. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bad vet. Yeah. Not really. I think this is kind of like a, a just a culture thing. Like all I'm of a, us don't think about it. I'm an uninformed vet. That's right. There so we, inform us. So we're going to have to take it back a little bit. Okay. All the way back to World War One. Okay, actually, Let's go. the end of World War One. Okay, so with the Treaty of Versailles mm-hmm. uh, in 1919, uh, the end of the war, the war to end all wars, okay. happened seven months before that. Okay, so apparently on the the eleventh hour of the eleventh day of the eleventh month is when the fighting actually ceased. Oh. And was the official end, but it wasn't until the official, official documented end with the Treaty of Versailles happened. Uh, I see. So it's like they stopped fighting, but they, they couldn't like declare it over until the actual paperwork was signed later. Yeah. Okay. So uh, November 11th, 1918 is known as the end of the war to end all wars. Mm-hmm. And the following year, 1919, President Wilson proclaimed November 11th to be the... Armistice Day. It was the first commemoration of Armistice Day. Gotcha. An armistice is just like ceasefire. Yeah, basically. Cool. Uh, so originally they observed it with parades, public meetings, and brief uh, suspension of business hmm. at 11 a.m. Oh, okay. Promptly at 11 a.m. So it's kind of like a hearkening back to the 11-11-11. Yeah. Cool. Uh, 20 years later, though... Uh, in May of 1938, mm-hmm. uh, they officially made it a legal holiday. Hmm. So Armistice Day was officially legal. Ah, okay. Um, and it was dedicated to the cause of world peace and to honor the veterans of World War One. Mm. So then World War Two. I was going to say, I know there's more. Mm-hmm. World War Two happened, and okay. then it was the greatest mobilization of soldiers, sailors, uh, Marines, uh, Air Force people. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was also the conflict in Korea that happened. Okay. Um, so in 1954, uh, many veteran service organizations uh, was uh, ple- not pleading, but they were uh, uh, urging mm. Congress to remove armistice because of all the the wars and oh, the veterans that came out of the the different wars. Uh, to remove armistice or change armistice to veterans. I see. So, so it's rec- more like inclusive. Yeah, exactly. So you would recognize not just the World War One vets, but mm-hmm. World War Two, Korea, oh. and the other conflicts that had happened between there. Interesting. I'm yeah. sure we went over this in high school at some point, and I just forgot it. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. So this is a good refresher course. Yeah. Uh, so it, this was approved in 1954, and November 11th became the day to honor American veterans from all wars. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So that's where we are now. That's that's how we have Veterans Day today. Yeah. Cool. But fun fact, uh-huh. uh, what I found, uh, there was a bill called the Uniform Holiday Bill okay. in 1968, and it made three-day weekends for federal employees by celebrating Washington's birthday, Memorial Day, Columbus Day, and Veterans Day on mm. a Monday. Nice. So it didn't matter that it was like November 11th is Veterans Day. Right. It didn't matter. It would actually be celebrated on the Monday. So that's why we do the like observed thing now in yes. the calendars. Uh-huh. But this didn't go over well with a lot of citizens. Okay. Why is that? Well, the history of it, the 11th hour, the 11th So they, did, they just didn't like shifting the observed day away from the actual Yeah. Day. They okay. wanted to actually be on that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 1978, the annual observance of Veterans Day went back to its original day of November 11th. Except this year? Because in the calendar this year, it says it's Friday. But it 
it says observe Friday. Right. But the actual day is a little. I see. So it's like basically they're just saying we're going to give you this day off either a Friday or a Monday, but we're actually going to keep the like official day on the 11th. I guess so. Huh. I mean, that's what it's supposed to be now. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. Like you would think with the push to keep it on the 11th, like that history would have stuck through in my mind, but <laughs> I guess know. not. Uh, yeah. So it's continued to be observed on this day, November mm-hmm. 11th. It's a celebration to honor America's veterans for patriotism, for their patriotism, the love of country, and willingness to serve and sacrifice for the common good. Nice. Yeah. And for, you know, free meals and stuff now. <laughs> free meals, amusement park ticket, free amusement park tickets. Yeah. Uh, I wonder All if, kinds of stuff. Like ride sharing will yeah. give you a free ride. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That's cool because, I mean, it's funny that we call it a holiday and, you know, like researching for this episode... I found myself asking people like, how do you celebrate Veterans Day? And it, it's not really something you like celebrate, you know, it's kind of weird. Yeah. It, it is one of the more I don't know, less observed holidays, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's not, you know, uh, Thanksgiving or mm-hmm. uh, these other ones that are like, oh, it's a family based one. And maybe if you're not from a military family, you don't observe it. As, yeah. As, you know, somebody that does. Well, it's funny you say that because when I was, um, I, you know, we, we reached out on Facebook and Twitter and stuff to, to people for input on this episode. And one that very thing came up, I was talking to, to my buddy, Matt Porter, who I went to, to school with, and he kind of alluded to that same thing. He's been in the Air Force for 17 years. And, you know, when I asked him how about, like, how do you guys celebrate? That was kind of what he said was, you know, it, it's sort of like a day for, you know, commemorating that kind of a thing, like almost camaraderie. So yes, he does the free meals and stuff, but it's, it's about like he gets together with other guys in the military and they kind of talk about, you know, what's it like to serve and and that kind of stuff too. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That is super interesting. Yeah. And as we'll hear like later on, like there's, there's different ways that people celebrate. So it's just interesting that it's, you know, it's made this big thing, but it's celebrated differently by, I think, people who are active and veterans versus people who don't have necessarily a connection to the military. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So one of the things I thought that was interesting uh, about researching for this episode was, you know, you and I, we talked about this being the veterans day episode, but when I started looking at this, one of the things that became apparent to me really quickly was like, I just don't know all that much about uh, the military and like kind of like what drives people to serve you know? Mm-hmm. And so I thought maybe we should spend a couple of minutes actually talking about you. Me? Yeah. So many of you guys may not know, but Mike, uh, Mike is a veteran himself. Yeah. I'm a veteran. I was in the army for four years. Thank you for your service. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for four years back in, uh, when did you enlist? Uh, so funny story. I was actually going to go into the Navy. Mm-hmm. So I did the DEP program, the DEP program, which is delayed and entry program. So you can go and start uh, like doing training ish mm-hmm. type stuff right. and learning about the different things, uh, preparing you for your actual service yeah. to go in. And um, <laughs> I was going to go in my buddy Mike, and we were going to go in together to the Navy. His brother had gone a little while before, a couple months before. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I don't know. I just, I wasn't feeling it. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were just trying to get me. And, uh, Hadn't you already signed a contract at this point though? So once, oh. but you have to swear in twice, I believe. Okay. Till they lock you down. So I think I had only signed it, uh, sworn once. And my arm, the army recruiter uh-huh. actually, he was, uh, Mexican American. He was like, Hey guys, you know, Y'all, y'all, you know, don't worry about that. Y'all should come over here. Mm-hmm. You're, no worries. Like, we're going to, I'll hook you up. And yeah. he was trying to, like, use that angle to try yeah. to get us in, which kind of worked. But at the end of the day, I didn't, I don't know. I felt like the Navy wasn't the right choice for me. Mm. And uh, my uncle, Anthony, was actually in the Army, and I was pretty close with him. And mm-hmm. uh, I was like, you know what? Army sounds like, you know, a thing I want to do. Yeah. Well, now, now you said it was a thing you wanted to do. Like, what what attracted you to going into the service? Huh. Well, because this is this is the biggest like mystery to me. It's like to me, I don't know. Like, it's a, it's a it's a disconnect. Like, I'm the military. Like, yes, it's very noble, but to me, it sounds like scary. So, what what was appealing to you about that? 
I don't know. I liked like that kind of stuff. It's super interesting to me. Uh, what what kind of stuff? Like just like the the military ish. Yeah, but I mean, the, but what about it? Like the the tactical kind of stuff or the camaraderie aspect of it what um, what was it i don't think it was more the camaraderie probably that did play that took that was uh in play later on but mm-hmm. which we'll uh, hear about yes but uh no just like shooting guns and going to do all that kind of fun stuff okay. running around and i mean you, you are know, from texas having, <laughs> yeah um that kind of stuff playing with grenades uh-huh. like all these interesting kind of fun like exciting thing yeah that stuff you that you on, wouldn't really be able to do outside of that exactly that or you saw on tv yeah you know in the shows the action shows you're like oh wow that mm-hmm. looks super awesome and fun like, and, and, do that. and what about the like the the promise of a different life like i know for a lot of folks especially people that i talked to the the big appeal was you know like um they didn't have a path for college or college wasn't an option for them did that play in into it for you definitely i I didn't have a plan to go to college. Mm-hmm. I didn't really talk to anybody about going to college. Mm-hmm. I don't remember uh, like parents saying, uh, you know, we have this money for you to go to college. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was more like, <laughs> I think I was like, Hey, I want to do this and I'm going to go do it. Yeah. <laughs> so now how did, how, and by the way, like how did your mom react when you told her? Oh, she was not happy. She yeah. was sad and yeah, she was, a wreck basically yeah the time i was supposed to go and didn't go and then when i actually went mm-hmm. yeah and you went in nine late late 90s right so this was this was like quote-unquote peacetime so i graduated in 97 uh-huh. and then a couple weeks later i actually went mm-hmm. so 97 yeah. to 2001 yeah so why don't you tell our listeners a, a little bit about what what you did in, in the in the army so when i went in uh i had signed up for uh the the job of uh, mechanized infantry. Mm-hmm. So, and tell civilians what that means. Basically, uh, I was the people that you see in the like uh, Saving Private Ryan. There's, there's the front lines. grunts. Yeah. yeah, I was a grunt, but I had a ride, uh-huh. and the ride was a Bradley fighting vehicle. Cool. Which is funny because we I found out that they used to actually make Bradley fighting vehicles right here by our house. Yeah, that's Jose. so weird. Yeah. <laughs> So essentially, and and for people that haven't seen that, it's it's essentially a, it's like a small tank, right? Yeah, a small tank it had a twenty five millimeter cannon on it, mm-hmm. uh, two tow missiles that were yeah. uh, anti tank yeah. missiles. So just to translate that for our listeners, our U.S. government let Mike drive around a big ass tank with big ass guns on it. Hey, I was pretty good. Were you? Yeah. Okay. And I got in it to make sure that I was warm because it was cold out there. Well, and, in Korea and what, for. Yeah. It was really yeah. cold out there. So you were stationed in Korea. Yeah. So I went to basic training in Fort Benning, Georgia. Then I went to my first post was Fort Hood, which was about two and a half hours away from home. Mm-hmm. So on the weekends, I'd be able to go and visit home. Yeah. Uh, then I got shipped to Korea for my last year and a half. And why did they send you to Korea? It's just uh, rotations. that You people. just get sent where they need yep, people. Exactly. So what kind of stuff did you do in Korea? Because, I mean, so first of all, I mean, that must have been huge culture shock for oh, you, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Because uh, you hadn't traveled internationally or anything up to that point. No, definitely not that far. Uh, yeah, definitely culture shock. It was humid like Texas. Yeah. Or like Houston. So as you said that, but the air was the worst. Yeah. It was a lot uh, more smoggy. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is back in a time before like North Korea was a huge thing. I mean, it was, they still had the DMZ and stuff like that, but it wasn't this like constant threat that you hear in the papers like every day, like we have now. Yeah. But when you're there, it actually feels more like a threat. Mm-hmm. At least when, so we had to do a two week rotation right there at the DMZ. Mm-hmm. Ooh, wow. What was that like? That was weird. Uh, so like we, what, what did you do? Cause I don't, I, like you say two week rotation. I don't know. I don't know what that really means. So basically a show of force, I guess mm-hmm. um, we would do uh, training things out there. So not at the ZMZ, mm-hmm. but um, like near there, there were uh, training grounds that were near there. Okay. Uh, but the, <laughs> the scary thing about that was that there, you know, it was a live place previously or like there was a war there before. So, oh. There Possibly could live ammo be in the ground. Some things yeah. in the ground, yeah. Landmines. And we'd whatever. heard some stories about that kind of stuff. And true or not true, unsure, mm-hmm. but uh yeah. yeah. It was definitely a scarier place to be. Yeah. Uh and when you're at the DMZ, like especially right at the DMZ, mm-hmm. 
um, you have your loaded weapon mm-hmm. and you look up and there's a tower, which is a North Korean tower, and they have a loaded weapon and they're just like pointing kind of at you. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of surreal. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you were in Korea, um, and then you you got you left the military after that, right? Yeah, after your so four years. After my four years, I didn't reenlist and went back home. Mm-hmm. And it was just before nine eleven, right? Yeah. So I got out in July of two thousand one, and uh, yeah, a few months later was nine yeah. eleven. Yeah, and that was an interesting time because being out of the military, fresh out of the military, fresh out of the military, I did have the sense of like. I want to go back to help. I was going to ask that because, yeah, that's really interesting fight. because another thing that came up in my conversations with others, again, my my buddy Matt, he uh, also noted about like September 11th was a time when um, he felt really, as a nation, we were really patriotic and we kind of were able to sort of come together around, you know, and I was saying like maybe it's because it was a, a common target. So that was something I thought would be interesting to hear from you is like when you saw that happen you had just come out and and clearly it sounds like you you did feel almost compelled to go back in i did so what what why didn't why didn't you Hmm. i know a lot of pushback was from my family they were Mm. like oh first of all they didn't want me to go back yeah but also they were worried that i'd get called back oh and so there was always that waiting to see if the next if that phone call would come back and pull me back in. So was that a, was that a thing? Like oh yeah, you, definitely. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I could have got called back, and I would have had to go back in the military. Crazy. So a uh, little thing. I don't know if it's still this way, but when I went in, mm-hmm. um, I signed up for four years. Yeah, but you actually have to do eight years, or at least at that oh. time it was eight years. Okay, so. Some people, when they get out, they choose to do the reserves. Mm-hmm. So they finish off in the reserves. Yeah. Or uh, there's this other thing called the inactive reserves. Mm-hmm. So it's where you don't actually have to go in, but you're still on the list just in case something happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was on that list, the inactive reserves. So I was on, you know, basically call until the eighth year. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever you know now that you've been out for a long time did you do you ever think about like going back into the reserves or anything like that every once in a while yeah yeah uh like you mentioned the camaraderie and i didn't have any siblings for the most part of my growing up Mm -hmm. and uh when i was in the military uh i did make those relationships where it was like a a brotherhood of Mm kind of like oh this is my friend but also like we're a brother we look out for each other yeah uh, I guess that's what the feeling of like having a brother would be. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, and it's it's neat that you've made you know like lifelong friends with with some folks from that. You yeah, know, we're gonna we're gonna talk to one of them later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know you've got you've got other friends too from from the army that you've mentioned several times. Yeah, you you talk to a couple times a year and that I've uh, randomly like been able to get in contact with lately. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess to kind of finish up, you know, your quick story here is like, when you look back on your experience in the military, do you, do you feel like it was a positive experience for you and, and your, your path in life? I think for the most part, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, had got some leadership skills, made some, uh, lifelong, uh, friendships. Mm-hmm. I got to travel, mm-hmm. see places I probably would never seen before. Mm-hmm. Got part of your school paid for. Yeah. Got the GI Bill, mm-hmm. which was awesome. I mean, that was kind of the reason why I went in there, right? <laughs> and I actually utilized it, so that was pretty good. Yeah. And you know, well, at the time, uh, you only have ten years after you get out to use it. Oh, really? So some people don't ever use it and just lapse. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, ticking clock, mm-hmm. crazy. And I think I used mine up right before the ten years was up. Yeah. So let me ask you this uh, as a final question for you is. You know, looking back on it, is military, is that something that you would recommend to, like, young people now as a, as a career path for them? Hmm. I think it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. I think uh, <laughs> the recruiter, the Army recruiter that was all bro broy and yeah. chummy chummy with me, uh, come to find out. So I got really sick right before I went inside, mm-hmm. uh, right before I got shipped off of basic training. Mm-hmm. Really sick. Like, yeah. for two weeks I was really sick and lost... Uh, pounds wow so i got really thin and i went in 
and then came back after basic training and saw him again. And he's like, oh, man, I didn't think you were going to make it. Yeah. And I was like, what? Uh, I was pretty angry at that. But um, So he was just I, like trying to get his quota kind of a thing? Yeah, because yeah. that's kind of what it is when you're a recruiter. You have a Yeah, it's a sales a position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think... I think in some cases, yes. Mm. If you don't really have a plan and you need to get a little bit of discipline, mm-hmm. um, I think it could be an option for some people. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because, um, you know, I, again, like other people that I was reaching out to um, on, on Facebook, I was talking to to Philip, and he was saying that uh, people have a lot of preconceived notions about what the military is, but the reality is that, you know, once you get in there and you 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 know you kind of do your work you can a lot of people you can make it whatever you want it to be you can oh, make yeah, you can make it a career you can make it just a ticket to uh getting school paid for and i think it's interesting that mm-hmm. you know uh, for me it was you know service was like it wasn't ever something i really considered but now that i'm older i kind of like i wonder why hmm. and you know, I wonder if it's all those preconceived notions that I had about it when I was younger. Yeah. And, uh, you know, back then it's like, you don't really think about the, I didn't really think about other things that, uh, I could have done. Mm-hmm. Like I could have done the air force, which what I should have done, but yeah. Cause I, uh, you have to take a test, the ASVAB test. Okay. Or at least that? I had to take it. What's that? It was a test to like, um, like a SAT type thing. Mm-hmm. But it was geared towards um, placing you in the military. Oh, like determining like what your job would like be? Like your skills and uh-huh. job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they tallied up all the information and they were like, okay, well, these are some of the jobs that you qualify for. Mm-hmm. And my scores had put me up in the Air Force, which was like a higher score. And I didn't like the Air Force recruiter. So I didn't go to the Air Force. Seriously? Just because you didn't like the yep. dude? Wow. Yeah. Oh, he was so annoying. Things that you do when you're young. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, there were all kinds of jobs that you could go for. Yeah. It didn't need to be like a grunt. You mm-hmm. could have gone to do something really, you know, yeah. high tech or whatnot. So, and I think that is a really interesting and super, super important point that, you know, for me, like, it's something I think like fundamentally somewhere I must have understood it, but like I, you know, we as a culture, we have this vision of the military of like the, you know, the mechanized infantry of like guys on the front lines with tanks and guns. But the reality is there are are hundreds or thousands of kinds of jobs in the Mm -hmm. military. Uh, You know, my friend, Matt, I was talking to, he, um, he basically does cyber security. He's a, he's a cyber security guy for the army's um, IT systems which is fascinating. And, you know, for him, he was saying it was one of the best decisions he's ever made in his life. It, it allowed him to uh, see the world and just build a career. He's, he's seen a little operation go from, from something small when he started 17 years ago to this big thing and, and contrast that with, you know, Philip, who I spoke to, he was in the reserves to start, then was on active duty and is now back in the reserves. And he's a trumpet player in the, in the army band. Yeah. The band. So, <laughs> and, and same, same thing with my family. Like my grandfather was in the, the army band in world war two. Uh, so I just think it's so funny that that's something that we don't think about when you, you know, when you're before you consider going into the military, I feel oh, like yeah. that's what you don't think about is that there are so many, possibilities with it it's yeah. really interesting to me yeah you have to do your homework yeah and see what's all out there yeah and all if right. you don't you know if you didn't get the the score the first time you know read up study for it and go for a second time yeah all right well why don't we get some more perspective on this all right and um it. i think we're gonna call uh our friend bernice all right sounds good here we go hello hello hi hi bernice how are you i'm okay I was practicing my good tone voice, my phone <laughs> voice, or my mom voice, like the kids say. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. Does that mean you're going to yell at us? I, I don't think I can say what I usually say when I yell in a podcast, if you recall. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my friend Bernice. Um, we met in the Army, actually through through your husband. Yes, you guys were... Um, young private in the infantry <laughs> and i was a person that did the paperwork <laughs> really i didn't know that yeah. yeah 
And y'all were married already when y'all uh, y'all were in, right? Yeah, we did. We got married like right out of high school. Wow. I think it was like got married, left to basic training in like a period of two weeks. Wow. Uh, why'd y'all go to the to the military? I had actually joined. Then you know how if you had people join, you got to come in as a PV two instead yes. of a private. Yeah, so you got a, so, a rank upgrade. Yeah, so I was like, "Hey, what's up? I kind of like you. You want to join the army so I can get some rank?" And wait, so, wait, and wait. More pay. <laughs> oh yeah. If you got two people to join, then you would get bumped up two ranks. Holy crap, that is so smart. Yep. <laughs> So in you know in the process I I just said well let's get married so yeah I got some rank and I got a husband damn <laughs> dang and you got the extra pay for being married right of course of dang, course that's so smart I mean it was like five bucks or something I don't know <laughs> you know we didn't get paid all that well it's true that's called life planning right there yeah man mm. goals so she does the paperwork jeez but wait but wait but what made you want to go into the military. Like before you were before you were recruiting your husband to go in with you, what <laughs> what made you want to what made you want to enlist? I mean, you you mean the big bucks and all the travel the recruiters promise you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't no, wrong. but I think it was like a life plan. Like I had said, oh, you know what, I'm going to join the military because I think I want to, you know, do become a cop or something or border mm. patrol, something along those lines, mm-hmm. and which. You know, you plan for one thing, but life just kind of goes the opposite. I mean, I just had a friend recently. Her son was, like, wanting to join the military, and she talked. he talked to Hector, and Hector was like, I joined because it was like, at, like I, I, he didn't have the option to go to college. Mm-hmm. And it worked out really good for him, but he's like, it's not, and as you remember, it's not all fun and games when you're a private and <laughs> mowing grass and <laughs> picking up trash on the side of the road yeah, exactly <laughs> sweeping motor pools oh, you know gosh. all in all i think we all realized once we got to basic training it wasn't like the recruiter told us <laughs> oh no it's n- <laughs> no <was> it? <laughs> really yeah okay <laughs> what it, so like what what kind of things did the recruiter tell you i mean i'm sure like they're it's like a salesperson so they're telling you all kind of stuff oh but yeah like, they need to get their quota in. how did they how did they hook you you know ours wasn't that bad because obviously we had the same guy and he was kind of honest he was you know here you go i wish i would have been a little more educated on the different mos's you know although mine wasn't that bad and i believe my mos is non-existence they made it all like human resources Everybody. all right wait 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 pause 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 break break, uh-huh. break this down for a civilian steve needs to know what what's an mos is <laughs> it's like your job title uh, okay okay so um so i think if if i would have gotten more options with my score i think i i would have done something else aside from you know working at the s1 shop mm. um so I think that's the number one thing. But ours didn't lie too much. But if you, I don't know, if you remember going to basic training and some of the crazy stuff, some people would come up with like, my recruiter didn't say this, or even my friend's son calling Hector the other day. And Hector's like, you know, you're making it seem like you're going to be living in a dorm. Like, it's nothing like that. The <laughs> barracks are nothing like that. Nope. I mean, we got lucky, never had to live in the barracks. You know, we always got had our own place because we were already married. Lucky. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> But him, I don't think he understands the whole you have to sign someone in to even take them upstairs and everybody knows your business in the barracks kind of thing. Yeah, they do. So, Bernice, you were in for about how long? Um, just my basic, I think it was like three years and a couple months, like the minimum you had to sign up with. Yeah. And then I got out and the one who had brought Hector in so that I could have more rank actually <laughs> stayed in and well you know he just retired after 20 years yeah that's crazy so wait what what was you what did you guys do there what, like what were your what were you and Hector's jobs well i was uh, 71 lima which now is like human resources or something but i basically sat in that office we did uh, people's vacation times their awards um, if somebody decided to skip town we did all that paperwork and stuff like that and well hector and you you guys uh it's you guys were infantry but i I was telling the kids the other day how 
you would play video games all night and then go to morning <laughs> formation like it was no thing. Yeah. You know? So tell us about your your life being married in the army. Well, I think it it was good. I there's not I I compare it to you guys, but it was like <laughs> aside from having our own place, there was really no difference. The pay was kind of crappy, but it was nice collecting two BAH, also known as money for rent. So that was <laughs> that was nice. And I mean, we once I got out, it, even regardless, if I wouldn't have gotten out, we would have gotten to travel still together. I mean, after Fort Hood, we got to go to Germany, and the That's two right. older girls were born there. And we've been quite a few places in the U.S. How have your girls reacted to growing up in a military family? You know, they say how lucky their little sister is that she's going to, because you know, Hector retiring now that she's going to be able to have the same friends for a long time. Uh, And they've made friends forever. You know, as you saw in Genesis birthday last year, you know, people from everywhere came out and then Nicole's actually turning, having her 15th birthday party this weekend. And she's got a friend who she's known for years and years and years. And they just got back from Germany and are in Missouri and she's coming in for her birthday. So, I mean, it was a good experience in that way, but I think they still sometimes yearn the growing up, you know, going kindergarten to high school with the same people. And they said they didn't, they do mention that how lucky their sister is going to be that she started kindergarten here and she's got the opportunity to finish out all, you know, 12 grades with the same people. Yeah. You don't really think about that. Yeah. How often did you guys have to move? I think on the clock minus Germany, we moved exactly every two years. Holy crap. So we were like 97 to 2000 in Fort Hood, which was really the end of 97. And then we were 2000 to 2003 in Germany. Then from there, we went to Colorado. We went to uh, Washington State. We went to El Paso, Texas. (laughs) <laughs> and then we went to wonderful Leesville, Louisiana, which you got to visit us there, Mike. I did. Uh, <laughs> small town. That, now, that was really small town. They had a Walmart, um, I think. That's all we had. I think if you Google Leesville, Louisiana, like things to do, the first thing that pops up is meet girls at the Walmart. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, and then from Leesville, Louisiana, we came here to Arizona. Do you ever think about the risks? Uh, involved with joining the military? At that moment, no, because back then there was no war, you know? And when I got out, and I I could tell you the clear moment where I knew, oh, bleep, we're in trouble, Genesis had just been born. She was maybe, she wasn't even a month old. She was like two weeks old uh, when September 11th happened. And I remember sitting on my couch in Germany and watching the news, and one of the uh, towers was on fire, and seeing out of the corner of the TV, the second plane hit. So when we, we joined, it was like whatever. It's like, let's get some college money, yeah. and that's it. Because <laughs> yeah. there hadn't been really a war in forever. Mm-hmm. So how is it different now than before September 11th? Does, like, did it take a toll on the family? It would, it, it does, because the longest he had ever been home in the beginning, you know, well, of course, in the beginning, we'd go to the field and I'd see him out in the field because we were both within the same battalion, you know, I, I'd see you guys out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once September 11th rolled around, right before it, the longest he'd been gone was like, I think it was like six months to Kosovo and Macedonia. So it wasn't something huge. And then that rolled around, and he was in the first group that went out to Iraq. Oh, so wow. they were gone a year and a half. Wow. And so he's been, he went to Iraq, I want to say, two or three times, and then did a couple tours in Afghanistan. Wow. Also. That's crazy. I mean, so that's got to be that's got to be so hard on the on you know on you obviously, but on the girls too, like being young and you know like their their dad goes away for a long time. Like, how do you guys deal with that? Um. Whoever says, oh, I'm used to it, is lying. Mm-hmm. How could you ever get used to it? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can. Mm-hmm. So y'all are both vets, is that correct? Yes. yes. But he's got two nice little vet checks, not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tell us about the veterans uh, services. Uh, so he gets paid for for being out of the military or 
What's it for? He has his retirement check, which he, you know, earned for spending 20 years and listening to me 20 years ago to join the military. <laughs> um, so I guess he does owe me part of that check. And then obviously when you get out, especially now after all the war and stuff like that, the, you get checked by the VA's office and or the VA hospital. Mm -hmm. And depending on what they find, you know, depending on the percentage they assign to you, that's another little check, which could be a nice little check. And the percentages of what? If you mess up a disc on your back during your they check it out and they say it's service connected, then they're going to send you a check every month. And they have like a scale, like 10% is equals X amount of money, 20 X, X amount of money and so forth and so forth. So it's like a percentage of uh, like uh, injury. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So do you think that veterans are properly educated about the services offered for them? I think on, in our case, yes. I mean, it's, it's been an easy transition. We've heard nightmares of people, it being like a year, and their money hasn't been approved with the VA. Hector started his paperwork a little bit before the time he got out. His retirement, official retirement was August 1st, and mm -hmm. this November 1st, he already received his first check from them. Wow. So it was no... It was not a huge, big waiting time because I think these guys were informed and they knew what they were doing and they knew what paperwork to fill out. So his was very easy. Oh, that's good to hear. How do you feel that uh, veterans are celebrated today? I here it's really good. Little town, little military towns. I feel do more. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been at bigger army posts and it's not such a big thing. But here, like today, our little one, second grade, had a big show for the you know, veterans and stuff like that. And I'm sorry if you do not cry during those songs, <laughs> you have no heart. <laughs> and then the town puts up like a Veterans Day parade. Mm. So that'll be Saturday, which this, this year, unfortunately, we won't be p part of it. But the girls usually partake in it. I mean, we have a we have a tradition since we've been here at Fort Huachuca. We go park our chairs in front of Denny's. We go put our name on a really long list because obviously this whole town is full of veterans and active duty military. So Denny's on Veterans Day does a free um, breakfast. Mm -hmm. So there's a, you know, 100 name line, uh, list there. So we put our list, we get to enjoy the parade, and then we go have our breakfast for free. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. That's fun that you've made like a whole like tradition out of it for the like the for the family too. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. And then the day before Veterans Day, the local cemetery, uh, we learned about this through Chloe's Girl Scout. Um, you go there to volunteer to put up the flags. Cause, I mean, there's mm. literally thousands of flags sometimes at some cemeteries that got to be put up. And some people might think you can just go in there and stab a flag on the floor and whoops, you're done. But it's actually like a process. Like even the kids, we eat. We have to, they have to have an adult with them because they give you like a little measuring thing that's made specifically for it. And you have to stake it in a particular place. So it looks uniform out mm -hmm. there. Yep. That's the military. Mm -hmm. Always uniform. Did y'all ever really celebrate Veterans Day when you were growing up? To be honest, we didn't. You wouldn't really hear anything about, you know, Veterans Day celebrations. Do you think building a military family has kind of changed your, your thinking about that? I think so. I mean, my opinion is, you know, when you leave basic training, you leave a like, hey, yay, USA, you know? Mm, yeah, you do. <laughs> you, you leave like with this huge sense of pride in you. Mm. And I think it continues. So, Bernice, how do you feel when people say thank you for your service? I mean, it's nice. I, I get it. Like today, I walked into... Chloe's um, Veterans Day ceremony, and the principal was like, hey, you're on the Post newspaper. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and apparently, because Chloe and Hector worked on veteran stars with pictures, mm -hmm. and so they, I guess they took a picture of my star and put it on the Post newspaper, and I'm like, so I guess I better go look for that Post newspaper. <laughs> Hector's reply was, I didn't even know we had a Post newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hector. Hmm. <laughs> I think he's just jealous because my star made it to the post newspaper. <laughs> he probably is. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Steve, you have any uh, other questions for our lovely guest? Um, no. I think we've we've got through them. Yeah, we got through a lot. This is good. 
this is thanks for thanks for talking to us. This is it's always interesting to me because you know I did I what I my family I don't think anybody in my family that I even know of has been in the military and so I feel like super ignorant about a lot of this stuff. So it's really interesting to hear, especially from like a a family's perspective of it too. I think it's really interesting to hear about how life is the same and different and how it's kind of hard and you know. Mm-hmm. Luckily, it's over for us. <laughs> <laughs> now, hopefully, I can send all the kids to college, and then I can we can be Mike and Steve and travel the world. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have to do it all together. So it's great to actually get to know all these things about you because sometimes we didn't have a chance to talk about these things when we were in the army. Just remember, you're still written in my in our will. That you have to take your goddaughter if something were to happen to her. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that, Steve? I heard it. <laughs> She'd be easier to take care of than you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> All right. Well, All right. Well, I guess we'll talk to you later, Bernice. All right. Talk to you later. Have Thank a good you. one. All right. You too. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was super awesome to talk to her and get some more uh, perspective from uh, like a military family. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's neat seeing, uh, you know, kind of hearing a little bit of you guys' history together as friends for so long, too. Mm-hmm. And learn a few new things about her. Yeah, a lot of new things for me. Um, I think that's what's really interesting about Veterans Day, actually, in particular, is to me a lot of it is, is uh, you know, storytelling. You know, my, my friend Matt was saying that uh, I think I talked about this earlier where it's it's a lot a chance for them to come together and talk about old times and kind of remember uh, military life. And, you know, for me as somebody who's not ever been in the military, I think that's actually an important part of it for me is, is understanding the things that people have gone through um, in generations before us or even our own friends and family now that are, are serving for us. So um kind of brings me to this one thing I want to throw in here before we wrap up, which is... Um, you know, my I've always heard the story in my family um, uh, from World War II from my grandpa. And uh, I called my dad earlier this week and uh, asked if I could have him tell me the story. So let's uh, let's play that clip of that real quick. Yeah, let's listen to Ed. So, Dad, I was wondering if you could share with us the story that grandpa used to tell about being in the war and uh, the dead bomb landed next to him. Yeah, I, I don't know where he was. I know it was in Europe. But I don't know where, and um, his platoon or whatever, they've been battling all day, and they finally kicked the Germans out of this one area. Mm-hmm. And there was a big old farmhouse halfway blown apart, and they all bunked up in there at night. And he said they were they were constantly being shelled, and they could hear the bombs going over the top of their head and blowing up. Uh-huh. And... uh they were almost asleep, and they heard one, and it went, and it stopped. He went, oh, shit. Yeah. And they heard it <laughs> crash through the roof of the second story of his house, and it came down through the ceiling and landed like 10, 15 feet next to Grandpa. Whoa. That's crazy. And and nothing happened. He said they all bailed out there. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Man, so lucky. Yeah, really lucky. The one, the one story he does tell is about the... You know, when he got playing in the band with his accordion, uh-huh. uh, they were somewhere over there, and a little girl would come and stand at the edge and listen to him play the accordion at nighttime. Right. And and he found out she could play accordion. Oh, wow. That's and cool. And so, um, but she only played very classical accordion. Mm. And so Grandpa taught her how to play jazz. Oh. And her, mo- her mom would come over with her and, and make sure nothing happened to her, you know. And yeah. And I think Dad really liked that little girl. Yeah. And uh, always wondered what happened to her. So yeah, those are a couple stories uh, from my dad. And funny little thing is that story about the the little girl that uh, he my grandpa played accordion with. Uh, I actually found a photo of her. Uh, my family had a, an album of photos of grandpas from World War II, so I actually found a photo of that little girl. Uh, and there's some writing on the back. So I'm gonna see if I can track down some more info Ooh, that'd be really awesome yeah so i don't know i just think it's really cool that uh i think storytelling is such an important part 
of our veterans and we don't take time uh, very often to actually listen to them and, and hear their stories. So I want to share that one and maybe kind of inspire others to do the same with their friends and family. Um, so it's been good, but I think let's just close out the show with just some, just some last little bits here about like, um, you know, we've talked about like taking care of veterans and, you know, in my family, my grandfather was really lucky to be taken care of as a veteran. He had really good medical care, um, from his time in, in the army. And, um, you know, it sounds like Bernice and her family are going to be pretty well taken care of too. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you, Mike, you know, you've been in the VA a couple of times at VA hospitals. You had your appendix burst one time. Yeah. And you were super well taken care of in, in Denver. Yeah. I was just beyond impressed with the care. But, you know, in other places, the care is not so great. We, You and I used to live in Los Angeles and the VA hospital there was, was not as nice as some of the others that we've seen. Yeah. Well, I think it also had tons more people going through it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. It's kind of unfortunate. Um you know, I was reading a lot of, uh, of stats here, um, just around like the numbers of people like injured and, and, and things. And so some of these things are staggering. So for example, um, for every U S soldier killed in world wars one and two, 1.7 were wounded, but to compare with like modern times in operation Iraqi freedom, um, for every U S soldier killed seven were wounded. So it's just kind of crazy to think about the numbers of these. And, you know, we don't, we don't talk about this stuff where it's just like there's so many of our, of our men and women that are going over and serving and they're just coming home and they're hurt either physically or emotionally or mentally. And we're not like serving them. Suicide rates are, are really, really high among, among veterans, um, even compared to like the general population, uh, especially for veterans that are, are middle-aged or older. Um, and there's a lot of charities and things, you know, working to, to kind of help with this kind of stuff. And I think, you know, I think we can all do a lot more to like talk to our veterans and, and work with a lot of these charities to, to kind of help. So, um, you know, you and I talked a little bit about this earlier this week about like, what can we actually do? To, mm-hmm. to, to help with this kind of stuff and there's some there's a couple like small things like for example um you can use uh, amazon smile if you guys shop on amazon which if you don't know what that is you can start at smile.amazon.com um, and that'll let you pick a charity of your choice and basically what you do is you just shop like normal and then a percentage of your proceeds go to a charity so you can pick um there's charities like uh like a wounded warriors project um, and things like that. So just simple things like that. Um, but there's also things like, um, the Fisher house foundation has this program where you can donate your frequent flyer miles. Um, and you can use your frequent flyer miles to help families be close to other family members during hospitalization from, uh, being wounded in combat and things like that. Um, there's things like, uh, the VA has a stand down program as they call it, which, uh, helps people keep uh, vets um, off the street helps provide shelter and clothing all kinds of stuff um we'll put a bunch of links on the website um for this post but i think there's a lot of stuff that we can do to be appreciating our vets more and and helping take care of them yeah definitely yeah well this was a cool subject i'm glad we did this episode Mm -hmm. i'm glad it morphed into uh the conversation instead of just all about history and whatnot yeah it's good to know the history but uh i think the stories just like you talked about were really interesting and uh, I'm glad that we were able to share and also learn. Yeah. From the stories. Yeah. And I just want to say before we wrap up, thank you for your service, Mike. And, uh, and happy, happy early veterans day. Thanks. Well, that's the show for this week. Music for our show is by Adi Goldstein and Dimitri Banoff from pond five pond five. And our opening jingle vocal is by Chad Conselmo. Thanks, Chad. Special thanks this week to all the people who helped us uh, on this episode. So we've got Hector, Bernice, Ed, Matt, and Philip, and everybody else out there who helped contribute to this one. Yes, thanks. And the veterans. Yeah, and thanks to all the veterans out there. Uh, let us know what you think about the show. Tweet at us. I am at Silvis Design. I'm at TechnoMCR, that's T-E-K-N-O-M-C-R, or follow the show at MikeSteveCast. Thanks for liking and subscribing, and if you like what you hear, please rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Your ratings help make it easier for others to discover the show, too. 
Yep. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. I think if you Google Leesville, Louisiana, like things to do, the first thing that pops up is meet girls at the Walmart. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice.